Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, today we gather, we're going to read some verses. We're going to try to sing a song or two. I'm not a very good singer, but maybe you guys can help. And, uh, you know, we're going to worship God and try to learn from His Word today. And so, let's start on that page there I gave you. That first page with the picture of the angel on it. There's a prayer right there we're going to start with. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may love you completely and rightly magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Anybody here today got any special prayer requests they'd like for me to add? Oh, my family. Your family? I, I'm going to say all our families then. And the residents and staff here at Magnolia Man. Take off my hat. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we have that we can gather together and read your word and worship you. Please accept that. Humble offerings of praise and worship. Work in our lives and change us so we may better serve you. Be with our families and our friends, the residents of Magnolia Manor, and all the staff that helps people here. We know in every way somebody needs you, either for salvation or for healing or for comfort. So be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And um, our Old Testament passage today comes from Daniel. Daniel, there's a summary of it on the back there, Daniel 10. And there's a summary of it on the back. But it's a vision that Daniel had. And the vision says, in the third year, of Cyrus, king of Persia, revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding and the message came to him in a vision. Now at that time, Daniel, he mourned. He didn't know what the vision said. He, he uh, cried out to God, asked God to teach him what this vision means and how he could help people through this vision. And uh, give him understanding. That's what he prayed for. And the, for three weeks he prayed. And then Daniel says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Who, those who were with me did not see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they flew and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and I listened to him. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground, and a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider your carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, 
to humble yourself before you, God, your words are heard. So he's been praying for three weeks. An angel comes and says, the first day you prayed, God heard your words. But he hasn't gotten an answer in three weeks. But why didn't he get an answer for three whole weeks if God heard him the first day? He goes on to tell Daniel this. He says, the angel says, the prince of the Persian people, they resisted me 21 days. That's all the evil fallen angels and demons that the Persians worshipped. Those false gods, those devils, those demons, they fought the angels for 21 days. And the angel says, Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns the time yet to come. But he says that I was bringing you the I was bringing you the information. I was going to come and answer your prayer, and all these devils attacked me when I was bringing the answer from God. And I fought them for 21 days. And after 21 days, I was able to win because the archangel Michael, Michael, yet the archangel Michael, he came and he fought them off. And he was a great warrior angel. A lot of times we have pictures of angels. As being like, you know, on TV, and they're like these like, like uh, blonde-headed women with, with harps, and they're singing songs. But here we see that the angels, some of them are mighty warriors like Michael. Michael can hold off devils. He can hold off dragons. And he is the angel of God's people. He says, he's your captain. He's your chief. Your prince is named Michael. And he's telling that to a believer. So the, the God has put Michael on earth to protect us, his people, the people of his covenant. And he's there to fight the devils. He's there to fight the demons and those false gods that want to drag us to hell, that try to hinder our prayers, that, that um, the ones that they, uh, they try to attack everything that's good and decent. And he comes and he's got a mighty sword and he speaks the truth. What's the truth? God is king here. God is king here. And that's the truth that Michael speaks. To put the demons in their place. And we'll see a little bit more about him later. But today I just want to give you that introduction to tell you that we're talking about angels today. I was watching an old uh, video of Billy Graham. And uh, I used to like, always watch the... Billy Graham, uh, you know, when he'd come on TV and have his uh, big crusades, we only had one TV then, we'd like all sit around and watch the Billy Graham crusade. There'd be good singing, and there would be, he'd come out and preach, and he uh, wrote a book about angels a long time ago. You might remember it. And he said that he'd seen angels on, on uh, movies, and he'd seen angels on TV shows, but he probably had Alright. He's all right. But he um he said he saw movies and TV shows in the problem. Okay. Alright. Yeah, he saw moving TV shows and angels that the world put out there. And they tell you the stuff that the world wanna know about angels. Like that little bitty 
things that sit on your shoulder trying to tell you the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. But he said that he hardly ever hears sermons on angels. So Billy Graham wanted to preach a sermon on angels let God's people know what angels are, what they do, how we should treat them, and how they should treat us. And so that's one of the things that inspired me to look through the Scriptures and talk to you about angels today. Billy Graham, he said that some people teach that angels aren't around anymore. But he says that he's heard stories. One year in Reader's Digest, there's a story of a neurologist, a, a brain surgeon. And it was a cold day in Philadelphia. And this girl knocked on his, the surgeon's door and said, can you come check on my mom? She's hurt. And he goes to the woman's house and she's lying in bed and she's got a horrible fever and she's unconscious. So he calls the ambulance to come get her. And when she comes, the ambulance gets there and comes through, he says, ma'am, your, uh, your daughter came and got me. You know, that's what saved your life. And she said, told the surgeon, this was in Reader's Digest a while back, it said, told the uh, surgeon that her daughter had died months before. And so, did God send an angel in the form of that little girl to go save that woman? And our angel's still here today. We still see stories of missionaries in the, uh, what's called Vanuatu now. It's, the, it's one of those little islands that, where they used to have headhunters. And the missionaries went in to tell the headhunters about Jesus. And one of the tribe leaders said that uh, eventually he came a Christian. And he came and told the missionary when he was preaching, you know, when you first got here, we, uh, we were going to come and we were going to kill you. And we were going to run you off, your people off this island because we didn't want to know anything about your Jesus. But, you know, we heard what you had to say and, and uh, now we're believers. But we didn't kill you that night we came because you had all those army people surrounding your house. And they had machine guns and helmets. And, and you know, we know we couldn't take them out with what we had. So we left. And the missionary said that the only people that's here is me and my wife and the deacon of the church are trying to set up. And there was a nurse there also, I think. But there was no soldiers there. But so did God send angels camp out around that missionary's house so he could like tell them the gospel and save the souls of the headhunters on that island. That a missionary's name was John Paxton, I believe it was. And there's more and more stories like this of things happening that day. I uh, just recently heard a true story about a woman, um, a man and woman, their baby had died in childbirth. But they said they want to see it before they took the baby away. And so they cried and prayed and the baby had already turned purple. And after a while, they're like, said, the baby's crying. And that nurse said, well, no, sometimes that sounds like that happened, but there's no way we checked. There's no way that baby's still alive. And then a little while later, it's crying louder and trying to grab out like babies do. And they called in the nurses and the doctors and, and they said it was a miracle. That the baby was still alive. It lived. They were mistaken. It wasn't dead. So maybe God sent an angel there. Do you think that God sent an angel to protect that baby? 
Do angels still work today? People will try to tell you that angels don't work today, that miracles don't still happen. But I believe in the God in this Bible it's the same, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in this Old Testament, we see how he sent out his angels to care for people. He sent out his angels to uh, care for Elisha when Elisha was downtrodden, sitting by the brook. He sent an angel to go take him water and wine and, and bread and nurse him back to health. And then we see also times when, like Jacob, and Jacob was wrestling with God and Jacob didn't want to have uh, anything to do with, do with his birthright. He uh, turned his back on God for a while and went to a different country. But when he came back to Bethel, a word that means the house of God, he had that vision. He saw angels ascending and descending the ladder from heaven. They were taking our praise and worship and prayers up to God and coming back down with answers. And that's what Daniel was talking about in that first chapter I read there, where, you know, the angels took his prayer to God on the first day. But then it took three weeks for him to get an answer because of all the, all the devils and demons that were trying to fight the angels. See, right now there's more than us just here. When we, when we pray and praise God, the angels around us, they join in prayer. When one person gets saved, one person gets baptized, all the angels, they blow their trumpets and have a party. They, there's things going on around us we don't see. And even the world knows that because William Shakespeare, he wrote in one of his plays, there's more in heaven and earth than you can see with your eyes that can be explained by your philosophies. You know, he says that in one of his plays. And uh, even he recognized there's more going on than we can see. I was watching the old, you remember the old TV show, Wagon Train, old black and white TV show, Wagon Train. I saw one episode with my grandmother where the nurse was trying to tell people there was a scarlet fever going around. She was trying to tell people about germs and how they had to wash their hands and stuff and, and, um, and sanitize everything so the sickness wouldn't spread. And they didn't want to believe it because they said, well, I don't see any little bugs on me that you're talking about. They said they couldn't see the germs, so they didn't believe in them. But those germs were there making people sick, right? And so just because you can't see something with these eyes, especially bad eyes like mine where you are with glasses, that doesn't mean there's not things going on around us. And one of those things is angels. And angels fight the evil spirits. And evil spirits are here to try to trap us, trick us. The Peter said that the devil was going around like a hungry lion looking to gobble us up, looking to devour us. And if it wasn't for angels like Michael and the other angels that are here to minister to us, that uh, they would be more successful. We have to put our faith in God. And so that's one of the things I want to see. The first thing I want to see about angels is, number one, angels are real, right? Everybody, angels are real. Number two, angels are God's servants. In all these stories that I've told, we see the angels are going out. God told them to go take a message to Daniel. God told them to go and care for Elisha. God told them to go and protect that missionary. God told them to go and... And so they were doing what God said to. Angels were carrying out God's commands. They were His servants. 
And that's the second thing I want us to see about angels is angels are God's servants. And then, not just that, but also, since God, they're God's servants, angels are there to protect us. And if you look on that sheet, on the back page of that sheet, Matthew 18, 10-12 from the King James Version, it says this. It says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven there are angels always through the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. He was... He was talking to people in the crowd and he was telling them like, you know, like the first thing you need to do is you need to make sure you don't hurt these little kids and don't keep these little kids away from hearing the truth about God because these kids, the Heavenly Father loves children so much that he lets their angels their guardians, the ones that are set to look after them, they can go straight in to the throne room and ask for the needs of the children. And the way things are going today, it is going to, people are going to have a serious debt to pay when they have to meet their maker because people do so much horrible things to kids today and abuse kids and neglect them. And their angels go straight to the Father. And they will have to answer for all their actions one day. And he's saying that he protects the kids. He, uh, their angels go straight to him. And he sends his angels out to protect all of us. That's part of their being a servant. They protect us. Another thing I want us to see is that angels shouldn't be worshipped. We're not supposed to pray to angels. We aren't supposed to worship angels. And we can be grateful that God, the Heavenly Father, sends His angels here to protect us. But we're not supposed to worship them. There are some groups out there that, that uh, say that you should burn incense for angels or you, should, or you should pray to the angels or worship them because they're kind of like, you know, on this level between man and God. And so, but the Bible tells us plainly, when John the Revelator went to heaven, and he saw his great vision of heaven, and he saw that archangel Michael, and he gathered, the, he uh, grabbed the dragon, wrestled the great dragon Satan, and chained him up, in Revelation, and then you saw the streets of gold, and one of the angels came to talk to John the Revelator, and it was magnificent. And, you know, he describes how he had the the like the hair like wool and the and the dark skin and the big wings, and then he had the like you know a great warrior with a with a golden belt, and um and, he, and John the Revelator said. He was so magnificent. And he was probably shining too because when Moses saw God, he shined, right? And so the angel was probably shining as well from being in the presence of God. And so John Relayer fell on the ground and began to worship. And the angel picked him up and said, No, don't do that. I'm just a creature like you. I'm just a servant of God like you are. Don't worship me. Don't worship angels. 
We are His servants. We're fellow servants. We love God like you do, and we serve Him, and you're not supposed to worship us. That's one. And then in um, Romans one twenty five, it says, People have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature instead of the Creator. Who is the who is blessed forever, and that's Romans one twenty five. I write down for you if you want to look it up later. But he um, but he says that that angels they're created creatures like us. But Paul was telling the Romans one of the things that problems people have is they exchange truth. The truth that God is the only one that should be worshipped. The truth that God is the Creator. The truth that only in Jesus is their salvation. They uh, exchange that truth for the lie that we should worship angels. We just worship creatures. And so when they say we should worship angels, that's what they're saying. We should, we should follow that route. And the people of Colossians also, in Colossians 2.18, it says, Don't let anyone cheat you or disqualify you from your prize. Don't let their pretending uh, sincerity cool, uh, fool you into deliberate angel worship. They just uh, pretend to be experts, but they're tricking you and they're fooling you when they say that you should follow the uh, worship angels. Is what he told the people in Colossians in the Bible, Colossians 2.18. He says, don't follow that. It's a lie. That's tricks of the devil. And people that get on TV and think they know everything will try to tell you what's wrong because they want to lead other people to hell and they want your money. That's the two biggest things right there that uh, people want power. They want, they want to they lead other people to hell with them. And then they also want your money. And, uh, and so they'll get up there and they pretend to be experts and they'll say whatever it is about like, oh, well, well I know a special angel blessing. Send me $19.95 and I'll get you a special angel blessing. How many people have heard people on TV say stuff like that? I know I have. They say you can buy blessed water. You can buy, you can buy a piece of fabric they took to the Holy Land and rubbed on a rock. And you can get a special blessing from that. Well, you know what? God doesn't sell His blessings. He doesn't sell them for money. He gives them away free. But it costs you, costs you your heart. costs you your soul. That's all that He wants. He wants you. He don't want money. It's, uh, the Bible says He's got all the cows on the hill belong to Him. All the cows of Bashan, all the cows on the hill, they belong to Him. He don't need, need you for your money and your riches. He's not going to sell you a blessing like that. But when you go to him and ask, Father, you know, throw him, give me, give me, a, I need a rope here. There's a Jewish saying, like, ask Hashem for mercy and he'll throw you a rope. Hashem is the Hebrew name, it means the name. You know, when people say, bless the name of the Lord. And so you ask the name for mercy and he'll throw you a rope. And that's a Jewish saying. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, he didn't say, I'll sell you a rope. He says, I'll give it to you. You come, bow down and worship, ask him. Submit your heart to him. And you'll be part of his family. And, but yeah, the angel, he told, 
The angel told John Revelator, he says, don't worship me. I'm just a fellow servant like you are. I'm just a fellow servant like you. Also, did you know that we will judge the angels? 1 Corinthians 6 3. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 3, Paul, he tells, like, don't you know you're going to sit in judgment of the angels? So, in the end, in the end of the world, when there's the great marriage supper of the Lamb, and, and uh, see, because heaven is just not us sing, sitting around and singing on a cloud by TV shows, right? God is part of his family. He's going to have jobs for us to do, work for us to do. And it says here that not only do we got to build back things the way they're supposed to be, we'll be sitting in judgment of the angels. And so all these angels, the ones I talked about that, that turned their back on God and followed Satan, the ones that tried to trick people into worshiping them, we, the believers, we're going to be helping set in judgment of the angels. We're going to be saying, you, you lied to us. You stole from us. And you led our people astray. You led our families straight to hell through your evil promises. And we'll be sitting in judgment of them with God. And that's what the letter in 1 Corinthians 6.3 says. And so what does this mean for us? What, should, what do we need to know from all this? As one, we need to know that angels are real and that they are stronger than us. They're, they have a different, they have a spiritual body instead of a physical body. So they're different than us. But God loves you so much that He sends His angels to protect you and to serve you. And they are entrusted. These great, magnificent, powerful warriors are entrusted with carrying your prayers to heaven. They're entrusted, and he entrusts them like I, he, God wants to know what you have to say so bad. He loves you so much that he puts them in charge of escorting your praise and worship and prayers to heaven. So the, learning about angels really should teach us how much God loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And also, we need to learn, don't be led astray. And I, you know, I, I say, don't uh, believe the things I say just because I look good and say you're nice. You need to, that's why I print out the Bible verses I'm talking about on the paper. I want you to look for yourself. That's called like, being a brilliant. It's like, if you're ever reading your Bible and you're looking at this and you say, this doesn't go along exactly with what you're saying, come and talk to me. Because sometimes I might make mistakes in the flesh. I might say things that I shouldn't say. But I want to do what's right for God's honor. So don't be led astray by people preaching things like, you should pray to angels or you should worship angels. Or you should do something that's not in the Holy Bible. If it's in here, you need to do it. If it's not in here, and that somebody's trying to tell you that you got to do it, don't do it. <laughs> and um, so I want to say a quick prayer. Tell me, Father, keep us, keep us on the right path. Let us know what we need to know. Thank you for sending all your blessings. 
Sanctify us. Help us grow in faith. We may live with you forever. Amen. All right, I got a couple more things I wanted to look at here. The on the front page at the bottom, we're gonna say the Lord's Prayer, and underneath that is uh, the collector Michael and Angels. We'll say that. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Everlasting God, you've ordained the ministries of angels and mortals. Mercifully grant that as your holy angels always serve and worship you in heaven, so by your appointment may Michael and his angelic host help and defend us here on earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And um, I really wish uh, I could, uh, you know, my grandma and mom would come and help me sing. I'm not a good singer, but maybe we can uh, sing something together. Let me see. How about, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Most merciful God, we confess we've sinned against you in thought and word and deed. Now what we've done and what we've left undone. We do not love you with our whole heart. And we do not love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus said those were the greatest commandments. Love God with your whole heart and love your neighbors as yourself. And some days we, we, don't, we don't even act like you're there. We just ignore you all day. Please forgive us. We humbly repent. And for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us. That we may delight in our will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Now I want you to hear the word of God to all those that trust in him. And confess their sins to him. Come unto me, all ye that, uh, that are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. If any man sin, he's got an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he's the perfect offering for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Amen. And there's a blessing at the bottom of the page. I got that, that greatest commandment there on the paper too if you look at it later. That uh, Jesus says the greatest commandment, most important, listen to uh, some people of Israel, the Lord God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second commandment is this, love your neighbor as you love yourself. There are no commands more important than these. And then a blessing I want to end you with. 
May the peace that surpasses all understanding guide your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.